I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill, and I'm here with longtime friend and fellow Guardian of Grace, Guard Dog Steve. Guard Dog Steve, man. Still digging on that name. Yeah. Hey, Bill. How are you tonight? Doing good. Guard Dog's out. And we're ready to rock and roll. I tell you what, Steve. We had a lot of conversation around the John 14 last week that yes. we did in two different parts. Meaning only our purpose was just to give a little 20-minute podcast on Easter Sunday and... To tell you the truth, Steve and I's eyes have been open to some things we kind of hadn't seen before. Getting some rev. Getting some rev. Getting some rev. Some of this rev is in very familiar passages like Romans 8, Galatians 2, 20, 21, a lot of Romans 8, 1. Yeah. And we found ourselves in a little bit of a controversy again when we went to Romans 8. Yeah, that... We're not trying to find this controversy. No. We're trying... We don't, we don't want to be issuing an apology next podcast again. <laughs> yeah. So we're just... We're no opinions. We're just reporting the facts tonight. Yeah. We are far from shock jocks. We, we do not purposely try and shock the audience or anything. It, we get into the scriptures and the, the Bible itself sometimes is shocking. It will ring bells that can't be unrung. It really does. Bursting the bubbles. Bursting bubbles. There might be some bubble bursting tonight again. Could be, yeah. For the purpose of. So, for the purpose of. Lifting the veil. Lifting the veil. So right away, Romans 8.1 is where there's a little bit of controversy, but nothing to do with our opinion. We actually don't have an opinion on this, so I won't tease you anymore, but... Okay, is that where we're starting, Bill, in, in Romans 8, one? Is that what we yeah. want to start? Yeah, and tell me, Steve, if this doesn't sound a whole lot like John 14, of, remember, it was, I go to prepare a place for you. Yes. We, we, that word actually was made to make ready. Make ready, and then he says, I will come again to you. The Father, Son, and Spirit will make their mansion with you. Yes, yes. Only they didn't use mansion. They used the proper word, the monet in the Greek. Dwelling place. The dwelling place. Make their abode. Yes, yes. So Jesus was telling them, don't be disheartened. I've got to go up to heaven and come back down in spiritual form. That's how I'm preparing a place for you. I'm going to cause you to be holy and blameless 
in God's sight so that I can come back down and live through you because God would not allow me to live through you if I didn't make you holy and blameless in his sight. He wouldn't allow his spirit to live in corrupted vessels. So he prepared us by making us clean, holy, and blameless, uncondemnable. Uncondemnable. So why don't you, you got an NASB, I think. There, yeah, you, yeah. You want to read 8, 1 through 4? Sure. In the NASB? Sure. Okay. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not walk according to human effort, but walk according to the Spirit's power. And again, it was the sin that we're talking about. The sin, the singular sin, the sin taskmaster, the sin guy, the, the sin that lives in our human nature, and the sin that is more powerful than our human determination and willpower. And the flesh could never put this guy down. No. He could never overpower him. He was always overpowered by the sin. From Genesis 4, Cain and Abel, sin was crouching at the door, but Cain was supposed to master it, and he never did. And for the rest of the Bible, sin has always mastered the human nature. And the flesh, as it says, the, uh, the law being powerless. Let me get it right. Mm-hmm. The, you're, you're trying the, to do the, it by the Greek manuscripts. No, I'm just trying to do it by my memory, so oh, I'll look. okay. The flesh, weak as it was, or the law, weak as it was through the flesh, yes. was powerless to put down the sin guy. Yes. That's my translation. Right, right. You see where it says powerless? Yes. Or yes. weak, actually? Weak? Yes, yes. It's the word dunamai, which we get dynamite, word, dynamite power, yeah. yeah, with the letter A, a in front, okay, negating it. So it's literally saying that the flesh was powerless against the sin guy. Right. The flesh was powerless to use the law to overcome the sin guy. Yes, the flesh was dynamite less. The sin is to miss the mark in in verb form of yes. the law. Miss the the mark of the law. Harmartia, yeah. In, in any way, shape, or form. But the flesh is powerless to overcome the sin. Right. So the law was weak because of the powerlessness of, of the flesh. The flesh. So because it was weak because of the powerless of the flesh, it says God did it. Yes. And this has to do with what Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Right. He had to... Make us ready to receive the Spirit. 
and he did that by condemning sin, sin. in the, the flesh. flesh. Do you see how he condemned sin, not Bill or Steve? He condemned the the entity that needed to be condemned. He condemned the sin who lives in the human nature. So what you just said was that the law was weak. Yes. Because of the human no power nature of the flesh. Right. Which is the human nature. Right. Inability to live. So God had to do this yes. for us. So God had to do it. So in some of the manuscripts in Romans 8, 1, where it says, there is therefore now no condemnation, some of them add the phrase, for those who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. They which, just turned it into a conditional clause. Right, which brings up the controversy that we were talking about when we first opened the podcast. Not so, only is it a conditional clause, but it's a condition that you could never meet because you have the weakness of your flesh. Exactly. So it doesn't make sense. No, it, do, it doesn't make sense. That's just Bill and Steve's opinion. But let's see what the scholars say. Okay, okay, let's do that because they're the ones who deal with the controversy. Let me just say what's going on. Back when they found the manuscripts of all these texts that we get, that form our Bible. In Romans 8, 1, there were a few manuscripts that had who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirit. Those eight or 10 words, some manuscripts had them and some manuscripts didn't. And the scholars have been raging about this now for 2000 years. So there's no controversy there. Some had them, some didn't. Yes. We can all agree on that. Right. Okay, so, so far, we know some had them and some didn't. Yes. The phrase is the exact same phrase that's at the end of verse 4, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And there it makes sense. In Romans 8, 4, where it says, all the righteous requirements of the law will be fully met in us who do not walk according to human effort, but walk according to the Spirit's power, it makes sense there. But there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to human effort, but according to the Spirit's power. It, it doesn't make sense. Okay, and the reason I say it doesn't make sense is because of the side footnote about Romans 8 1. There's there now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The footnote says that the Greek word means not even one, one man, one woman, or thing, i.e., none, nobody, nothing, any man, ought man, neither anything, never man, no man, none. None of these things, not any at all, nothing not. <laughs> See, the side footnote just says there's no condemnation for anybody whatsoever. And then it goes on to say, put in these conditions. Condi conditions. That's why it doesn't make sense to me. It just contradicts itself. But who am I? I'm just a layman. Let's listen to what the scholars say about it. 
So, Bill, I, I know that you had dug up a bunch of things that the scholars said in their debates. So, can you read us some of what they said? Yeah, I got a little cheat sheet from the Net Notes, the, the New Net English Notes. translation. Right. I like those guys because they they're explain honest. why things are translated. They're, the way they're they very are. transparent. They're honest. So here's what the scholars at New English Translation say. The earliest and best witnesses of the Alexandrian Look, Bill, and West... Bill, you, you, if you're going to read the scholars, you got to do a scholarly voice. Oh, so. Okay. <laughs> try that again. Yes, let's try that again. The earliest and best witnesses of the Alexandrian and Western text, as well as a few others, have no additional words for verse 1. Later scribes in AD 81, 365, and 629 added the words kata sarka paraptusen, who do not walk according to the flesh while even later ones added ala kata numa, but who do walk according to the spirit. Both the external evidence and the internal evidence are compelling for the shorter reading. The scribes were evidently motivated to add such qualifications interpolated from verse 4 to insulate Paul's gospel from charges that it was categorized too much by grace. The King James follows the longest reading found. There you have it. So the scholars have spoken. Did any of it make sense? Not not really. They were I guess they were just trying to say why they they were guessing at why some manuscripts have it and some manuscripts don't. And I would never venture a guess as to why some some do and some don't. The only thing I can say is that when I read it, it doesn't make sense to add the extra words. Doesn't it sound like what goes on a lot today? Like, we don't want to sound scandalous with our grace, so we'll add some qualifiers. Yes. Well, that's what they did. And here's what Bill and Steve think, and it's just what we think. Yes. Why it doesn't make sense to add the same phrase in verse 4 to verse 1, who walk not after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Yes. And the easiest way I could put it is, what if I said the sentence to you, Steve, there is no speeding tickets given to those who observe the speed limit when they drive. Right, right, right. Or duh. <laughs> it was an indicative statement that said there's no condemnation to anybody, and then they didn't need any pre-qualifiers for it. They were not condemned already, and then it put in a condition. Yeah, so there's no qualifiers if you qualify. It's, right, It's right. an oxymoron, I it, think, is it, the... It, yeah, that's why it didn't make sense to me. That's what Steve and I have come to the consensus. We're not scholars, but just common sense would say that if but, there's no condemnation to any man, woman, or child, or anyone... Or anything. Or anyone or anything, then there's no... No then condemnation. Then there is no condemnation. But in Romans 8, 4, it's, just, it's just totally awesome. It, it says, 
all the righteous requirements of living the Christian life and pleasing the people around you and being pleasing to your wife or your your husband, your spouse, everything you need to be pleasing to people and live an exemplary Christian life will be fully met by those of us who do not walk according to human effort, but according to the Spirit's power. It's telling you how to live the Christian life. It makes perfect sense there, but to say there's no condemnation and then say it, it it doesn't. There's no condemnation to those who walk in the Spirit. It will, duh. <laughs> you don't need to. You're right, right. It, you shouldn't why. be condemned if you're walking by no. the Spirit. But if you want to learn how to live the Christian life, Romans 8, 4 is your go-to verse. It tells you how to live the Christian life. It tells you exactly what Ezekiel and Jeremiah were saying. I'll make a new covenant and I'll put my spirit in you and it will cause you to live an exemplary life. That was the new covenant in this Romans 8, 4 is the new covenant passage. You'll live an exemplary Christian life if you do not walk according to your determination because that's what Israel tried for 2,000 years and they failed miserably. But if you let the Spirit of Christ do for you what you can't do for yourself, then you're free. You're not under the law. You're free there's liberty. There's liberty from failure. You have been liberated from failure if you're walking in the Spirit and not your human nature. Isn't that the exact same thing that 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says when it says, Now the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. liberty. There's freedom from failure. We shine. He shines through us and we shine. We don't have to put a veil over our face because our our glow is diminishing and our Christian excellency is diminishing. We just shine because of the Spirit of God in us. That's the same thing James is saying. Remember, we went all through that. The man in the mirror, the man who looks at his natural face in the mirror and realizes that he is not the doer because no good thing dwells in him that is in his human nature. And he does, he remembers that and he looks at the perfect law that gives liberty. liberty. Same word again, Steve. Liberty again. James, Second Corinthians, and here, here in Romans. Romans 8. It's all telling us that we can be set free from failure, set free from failure, set free from embarrassing ourselves, set free from letting people down who are around us. We can be liberated from that just by living through the Spirit's power, by means of the Spirit, just by living by means of the Spirit, dia, just by living by means of the Spirit, we can live the exemplary Christian life. You're set free. Set free. Doesn't it say in Romans 6, though you used to be slaves to the sin, 
but you obeyed from the heart this form of doctrine which was once entrusted to you. What is the form of doctrine? doctrine. It's walking by, by the, the Spirit. Spirit. It's knowing your identity, that you've been made free, that you've been cleared of all condemnation, made ready, and that the Spirit now lives in you. That's the form of doctrine that Paul taught us. And your identity in this new creation, this identity in the Spirit, that you're no longer in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if the Spirit is living in you. And that's what we want Paul to identify said, with. Th- this is what Paul said, I teach everywhere in every church yes, a did. way of life, life in, in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. In Christ Jesus is the form of doctrine that was entrusted to us. Yes, that's why Paul said, are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit, are you trying to attain the goal of the Christian life by human effort? That is 22 podcasts in a row Steve has quoted that. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that funny? That is funny. Yeah, I I always want to get that in there because we are foolish. It belongs in every podcast. Yes, we are foolish if we try to live the Christian life in our own power and think, oh, just give me the commandments. I'll do them and I'll point my finger at everybody else that I see not doing them, which is everybody. The Greek's not even as nice as the English. That's true. He says, are you so stupid? Yeah. Moron, huh? (laughs) It's the word morons, I think. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Even meaner. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what that follows after, are you so foolish after beginning with, with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal through human effort? What comes up before that? Galatians 2, 20 and 21. Right, right. It literally says, I've been, cru- 220, Galatians 2, 20, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. By the Spirit. Yes. The life I live in the body, I live by the faithfulness Faithfulness of the Son Son of of God God. who loved me and gave himself for For me. me. Verse 21. For if righteousness could be obtained by the law, or as you say, human effort, Christ died in vain. Right. Literally, it's to make a mockery of Jesus going to die on the cross if he didn't have to. Right. If you could obtain righteousness by human effort or by the law... He didn't need to die. He didn't need to die. That's why he says, are you so foolish? Yes. Knowing but, this, are you now trying to, after beginning in the Spirit, mm-hmm. when you did know this, mm-hmm. now you're switching back to human effort, which will fail, shipwreck you? Right. Are you so foolish? Be like Paul. The life I live in the body, I live by the faithfulness of Christ. I live by his faithful life manifesting itself through me, not my determination and willpower. I do not live the Christian life by my determination and willpower. I live it by his spirit flowing through me. That's what grace is all about. Yeah, if anyone could have pulled this off in human effort, it was Paul. 
He said, yeah. I was circumcised on the eighth day, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to, to the law of Pharisee, as to, to the legalistic righteousness from following the law. You know what he says? I was found faultless. But whatever was to my credit, I consider a loss compared to the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things and consider it another nice, unpleasant word. Yeah. Rubbish. Rubbish. That I might gain Christ. But compared to human effort, he calls it a loss. And he says nothing compares to experiencing the Spirit's life. Experiencing the Spirit. Spirit of Christ. That's what we get to do. Don't you see how good that is to experience God each and every day of the week? That's what the Christian life is about. It's about experiencing God and manifesting the God of the universe. We're so privileged to be able to do this. And yet we we throw it all away so that we can do another foolish attempt to do to live the Christian life in our own human effort. That's why he says then Christ died in vain. Then Christ died in vain. When he died, that's when he made us ready. That's when he prepared us as a place for his spirit to dwell. He went through all that to prepare us to be vessels for his power to live in. And then we don't utilize it after all he went through. To after knowing our power never gets us anywhere. Yes. Yes. We're powerless, really. We're powerless. What the law could not do as the flesh was powerless. Romans, back to Romans 8, 3. Christ did. He, and he does it every day for us and through us. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to live by the Spirit. This is what our Christian life is about. And yet the Christian message is not about this life that we can live by the Spirit. The Christian message is... Try harder. Try harder, recommit, dedicate your life to doing this, and tithe while you're doing that. But just picking out a verb and motivating you to do that verb. The preaching is very sophisticated and very intellectual as it motivates you to do more verbs. But it's basically just don't sin. Don't sin. Good. Don't go out with girls who do. When the whole time we could be experiencing the Spirit of God living through it, that could be our goal each and every day. Lord, I just want you to go off in me today. Just just manifest yourself through me. Do you realize, I don't know if you guys realize this, but when you're experiencing God, you are experiencing heaven on earth. Amen. The Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is heaven on earth. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Three sensations. Three sensations that you can get 
by the Spirit's power. And when you're experiencing those three sensations, you are experiencing heaven on earth and you can do it while you're changing a flat tire in the rain. You can experience heaven on earth. It doesn't get Amen. any better than that. That's why Paul said, I count everything a loss in view of the surpassing value of experiencing Amen. Christ. Amen. You know, I like the way you said experiencing Christ for that word knowing. Reminds me of that verse, no longer shall a man teach his neighbor to know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least to Amen. the greatest. Amen. One verse says, uh, the first part is um, K-N-O-W, know. Mm-hmm. But the second one is the Edo word, to see. Mm-hmm. So no longer shall a man teach his neighbor to experiencing the Lord, for they all shall see the Lord. And they're seeing him manifested. And it reminds me of last Wednesday Actually, it was Wednesday before. A guy really getting to know, and he's always full of the Spirit. He's Amen. always led by the Spirit. Alex Abiola. Yeah. Travels a lot. He's a missionary. Yes. But this guy's always moving in the Spirit, and he prayed for each one in our little men's group. And I just, I just witnessed a guy moving in the Spirit and saying things that only the Spirit knew about me and about other people. And I left the meeting just really in the spirit, you know, just happy. Filled. Filled Filled to the measure. Controlled with the spirit. And my wife saw me and she said, what happened? I said, what do you mean? She said, you have this glow to you. I I never said anything to her. Right, right. But she just sensed this glow of the spirit. Yeah. The mo-glow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mo-glow. But Moses faded. Moses is faded. And I've had the fading glow. Yes. The faded glory. And that's where you're committing yourself to doing something. Uh-huh. And that lasts about as far as the parking lot. Yes. The end of the parking lot. Right. Getting traffic and someone cuts you off. And the glow's gone. But the thing that excites me, Steve, is this living by the Spirit is a continuous presence of the Holy Spirit and he's like in control in a good way yes yes he's in control of my anger he's in control of my worrying he's in control of my bad living sometimes yeah it's righteousness peace and joy in the spirit like you said the kingdom of God is not don't eat this don't drink that don't do this don't do that but it is righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. All, everyone that says that serves in this way is pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. And, as a bonus, mm-hmm. pleasing to the people around you. Yes. Amen. It says that. It says that. I know. Man, I like being pleasing to people around me. I like being pleasing to my wife. I like being pleasing to customers that I go to service. I, I like being able to change the atmosphere and volatile situation. You like to be able to spread the spirit. You like to spread the spirit. I love it. To share the spirit with somebody. But I never knew how to do it when I was experiencing, for lack of a better word, legalism. Yes. Sincerely trying to quit bad habits. Yes. And 
those bad habits became worse habits. Yes. If you can believe this. And led me into a little bit of depression. What a miserable life. Because I'm my testimony. Yeah, yeah. My testimony is the same thing. I I know what a miserable life trying to just get And I was a phony too. I hated that. I hated pretending like everything was great when I knew it wasn't. No. But I didn't know what to do. No. But I do now. Yeah. I've learned this way of life in Christ. Yes. That Paul was consistent to teach in every church, in every place. That's why I want to share it with as many people as I can. I I still want to hear you talk about uh, Alex and how he was filling people with the Spirit. Oh, he just... Because I've met him before. Yeah. He walks in the Spirit and and he... I remember he said something about this one brother. I want to... He fills people with joy, doesn't he? It's It's contagious. (laughs) Yeah. As we used to say as the kids, Jinx. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He spreads the joy... He the joy of the Lord. It's his strength. Yes. He has it. And he has a tough road ahead of him always. He goes into places in Africa that... Scary. Yeah. Poverty. Yeah. And, yeah. But these people in the spirit in impoverished situations have this joy that oh. he spreads. Oh, it's the same when I go to Indonesia with Leili. I, I could tell you stories of, of there of people that still live on dirt floors they live in houses with dirt floors and they're so poor they they're making like two dollars a day and they're so filled with the spirit they're just on fire and it puts my american friends to shame these people are so gentle and so kind and so giving, even though they have nothing, it's just a huge dose of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Christian life is about. That's what it's about. It's not about all these commandments that we're getting every Sunday in the Sunday sermon, these verbs to do. Right, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, my joy I give you. Yes, and we can spread that joy in that peace. That's what the real, authentic Christian life is about, is sharing the joy with the people around us. We come into a house and we share the Spirit with them, and especially people that aren't Christians. We share the Spirit with them, and they become born again in Christ, lives in them. They get the the seed of God. They get impregnated with the seed of God. How cool is that to be able to give birth to another Christian and to give birth to the spirit within that person and then they can manifest Jesus and they can manifest Jesus's wisdom and his kind words and they can do it right back at you and your joy can be complete. That's what the letter of 1 John is about, teaching you how to fellowship spirit to spirit. You can fellowship with people who are in the spirit and your spirit can fellowship with their spirit and it can be a beautiful thing, but we're missing the mark. We don't even talk about that in the 20th century church. Nobody even knows to do it, to just show up with each other. Didn't Jesus say we're two or three together? I'm he in did. their midst. 
It was a promise. Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't where Jesus said, I'm in their midst, doesn't that actually say something to you now? That the Spirit is in each one of the two or three people that are there to gather together, and they're gathered together, and they can manifest Jesus and just have an awesome time of fellowship. That's why the apostles were sad. And he had yes. to say, it's good that I go away. That's because I'm. if I go away, I'll send back the Comforter, yes. which is the Spirit, and he'll be all of you. So which is better, to have time to time with Jesus or have Jesus in us 24-7? Yes. I think that's yes. why he said, it's good that I go away, because I'll send the Spirit back. That's why I grieve so much for the people, and I grieve so much sometimes when I hear some of these sermons that are giving me the statistics on how how Christians fail and only 10% read their Bible and all these things that I hear, they just go off with this dribble-drabble when we could be talking about the life of Christ. We could be talking about manifesting the Spirit of God what I want to talk about. Me too. That's what my life is dedicated to, setting people free from the mundane life of just trying in their human effort to please God as as if that is some sort of something to be achieved. You're still in the human nature. You're still feeling the the nature of Adam, the Adamic nature, which is nothing more than a self-preservative instinct. You'll always feel lacking. It reminds me of that rich young ruler who had a chance to experience kingdom life. Yes. But he said, what do I have to do is big mistake. Big mistake. And that's where the 20th century Christianity is at. Everybody's just going, what do I have to do? I've been born again. What do I have to do now? And they just get filled with things to do. Yeah. And they always have the same, what still do I lack? No. To do. No, that, that's why I so much want to get the message out there of this way of life in Christ Jesus. And I want the podcast to get off the ground. And I want thousands and thousands of people to hear the good news, not the burdensome news, not the burden. But the good news, the euangelion, I want this podcast to go off and reach people all around the world with the good news that there has been a new covenant and he will put his spirit in us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. I wish that you would help me spread this gospel. It's I was going to say spread the word, but it's the gospel. That is what the good news is, is that I can put the spirit of Christ in you and you can feel the spirit of Christ and not your human nature. Yes, Steve, it's the gospel. And it comes in only two categories, the gospel of grace and the gospel of peace. There's no gospel of you do your part, though. That's not a gospel. Maybe I'll just close with kind of the benediction Paul gives at the end of Romans 16. Boy, am I amped up, man. I I just feel so full of the Spirit. Wow. Me too. But Paul says at the end of Romans 16, now to him who's able to 
establish you by my gospel, mm-hmm. even the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Yes. So the proclamation of Jesus Christ and the gospel are one and the same. Yeah, yeah. amen. That's why Paul said we proclaim him. Yes. Teaching everyone and admonishing everyone, everyone that we may present them perfect yes. in Christ. Him. So, Father God, that's our prayer. Establish us in the gospel because it is the, your power to establish us. Yes. It is your power to deliver us from the sin God. And you did. Yes, you establish did. Establish us Father. in that. Let us dwell down deeply mm-hmm. in this good news. Yes. That Christ really is in us. Yeah, amen. By the I Spirit. It, Father. That he lives in us. Mm-hmm. That you he do. does everything that is pleasing to you, of course. But not only you, but pleasing to the people around us. Yeah, Father. And we're quite pleasant ourselves when we're pleasing the people around us. And your gospel is what gives us the power to do it. Legalism puts us in the other direction. It makes us obnoxious Pharisees. And we want to be pleasant, gospel-believing, spirit-filled, under the influence of your spirit, 24-7. Amen, Father. Teach us just to rest in this reality that you're in us, that you've been made alive in us. It's in Jesus, your name, your authority, your power that we pray this prayer. Amen. 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 We love you guys. We love you guys. Good night, everyone. Thank you.